0: Hello, PodNutzians. Welcome to The Makers, episode 19, a podcast all about making, building, breaking, and learning, all about 3D printing, CNC, and designing. I would say drafting because that's what I used to do, design and drafting, but not quite... Uh, this is a show where we have a group of people together talking about all kinds of experiences, beginner-friendly topics, beginner-friendly focus. You, too, can be a part of this conversation at any time by just sending an email to at podnuts.com. You can be in the chat, in the know, and you can uh, join in the conversation, help us make this a little bit better. Uh, starting off this evening, we are joined by um, Brett. Uh, Brett, how's everything going out there, man? Have you been doing any building, breaking, or learning?
1: Um, let's see, Breaking. I've broken a couple things, including my, uh, 3D printer, I uh, had a, uh, had a heat, bl- I think it's the heat block, heat break, um, snap on me, emailed the company, never actually got a response, but I was able to, um, upgrade the, uh, upgrade the, the heat block anyway, so turned out okay, I had to spend a couple bucks, but, you know, it, it turned out better anyway, I just got to get a, uh. Uh, sleeve for the uh, for the heat block. That way it uh, doesn't run its temperature again.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, the bad thing is it seems like a lot of 3D printers will eventually have breaks. You do, a, when your printer's running, you do a good amount of printing. But the big plus is you, I think, have a really good ability to diagnose the break and the ability to actually fix the stuff. To say you're a tinker is a very nice way of doing it. So, the question is is if you had everything on hand how long would you have actually been down for cuz I'm going to guess you're going to say like 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, 10 minutes or so. It, it you know luckily I, I built the thing, you know, it, it may have been a really long build process, but what I gained from that build process is I know how everything goes together 100%. You know, so I know when something breaks I usually can figure out relatively quickly what broke. But if I would have had the parts, uh, it would have been, you know, just a a quick swap.
0: And this is a, uh, F5? FT5, FT5, FT5 the F five. F T five. F
1: T five. The Tech it. one, yeah.
0: Yes, that's right. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I'm, you know, not happy stuff broke, but I'm sure you're going to have it back up and running here soon Oh yeah, possible. I already
1: have it back up and running. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I was able to order the parts and uh, get it back up and running. So, so that, yeah, it wasn't too long of a downtime.
0: Well, that's good. Uh, we're also joined this night by um, by um, Chad. Hey, Chad, did, did you do any uh, building breaking or learning this week? Or I guess more accurately, did your devices have any downtime? <laughs>
2: um, only when I was working, when I was bartending. When I was home, they were running all the time. I've had two 3D printers going and my CNC machine going pretty nonstop or I'm designing something. I've been real busy since I left my job. It's just, and I'm, I don't know if I'll get everything done before Christmas, but hoping, really hoping for it.
1: Hey, uh, Chad, um, how easy is it to do the, the toolpaths on Fusion 360? Because I'm thinking about finishing up that uh, MPCNC and seeing if I can do some acrylic things. Uh, acrylic, uh, you know the cutouts.
2: So once you have a model, um, you just need to know the difference between picking out your whether you want to pocket it, whatever you want to do, or trace the line or engrave the line. Um, it it doesn't take too long. I want to say it doesn't take too long, but I've been doing machining for a long time, so. Um,
1: yeah, anything you do probably. It, five to ten times more on me so which i understand is you know
2: but what's nice is you can't you can always go back you can always go back and retry i and when i'm doing something i may have to tool path it 20 different times before it comes out right you know the way i want it to so it's not that difficult it's the interface is pretty user friendly it's just read the instructions and stuff and you know get on get get a hold of somebody and there's always somebody willing to help you out. I'll help you out, whatever.
3: Okay, yeah, cool. I'm Thanks. I'm happy to help too. Thanks, guys. So yeah, once you wrap your head around how it works, it's not too hard. When you first, the first time you do it, you'll have to kind of poke around a little bit and just kind of figure out all the concepts behind how Fusion um, does things. But after that, it's yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty intuitive. I can imagine it being
1: something similar to, or actually something. Exactly opposite of what we do with 3D printing, correct? I mean, that's basically what it is. It's, but as far as the, um, as far as the program, is it much different, or am I just, I need to do it?
3: You, you um, need to do it. It's different than programming for a 3D printer. It definitely yeah, is different. Yeah, it, it, it's
2: it's different, but you've got 3D printing theory down. It isn't that hard to get a hold of the machining end of it either. Um. It's all a bunch of check boxes and do you want it to do this, do you want it to do that? And picking out the lines that you want it to do this or that on. It's very clicking checkbox this, checkbox that, and there you go.
1: Okay, cool. Well yeah, that that'd be that'll be fun. I'll probably be picking your guys' brain hopefully soon enough.
0: Very cool, very cool. Um hey James, uh I'm I'm afraid to ask if you built and broke or learned anything because you're the guy who doesn't slow down so how uh how active was your two weeks very
3: (laughs) yeah i've done the heck out of all three of them um yeah i've been mostly milling using the fidel haven't done any 3d printing in the past two weeks but yeah been mostly doing design and a lot of milling um Been milling a lot of aluminum angle and figuring out just how much I can have the piece hanging out of the vise before it vibrates like hell and breaks my tools. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I've broken a couple of real small end mills. I actually broke a little 116th end mill today. Um, I built a whole lot of parts for the PC case I'm working on. And. not sure if I've learned anything. I mean, I probably have in there, but I'm kind of thick-headed, so I don't know. I keep uh keep making the same mistakes over again and again. I kind of knew I was going to break that sixteenth of an inch end mill and did it anyway. So,
0: gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, you insinuated that stuff might actually be slowing down here in a week or two. I'm going to guess that's a good thing. Uh,
3: yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, um, yeah. I'm working on some prototypes. I'm working on two prototypes for a computer case. One that's gonna go to a YouTube channel and one that's we're gonna build a, a computer into, and um, yeah, I'm guessing I'll be done in a week or two, so after that, I you know just I'll have kind of a little bit of a slower period, maybe building some fixtures for the uh, production version, maybe building a next prototype depending on how well this prototype does. but yeah, it should slow down after a week or two. But I'll believe it, you know, when I see it. It's one of those kind of jobs.
0: Exactly. Well, I mean, I hope it does, especially in time to actually celebrate the the um the um, holiday. Um we're also joined this week by um by um Jonas. Hey, hey man, how's everything going? Going pretty well. Have you done any uh, building, breaking or learning this week?
4: Yeah, built a, built a couple of things. Been working on some CNC projects with acrylic and some PVC board. And then I also printed some Christmas trees and started, started working on my um, nutcracker.
0: Oh, yes, I did see a shot of that nutcracker. Great idea. Um, you did say you thought it was going to take a piece of metal to be at the hinge to make sure it had enough uh, strength.
4: Yeah, that's if you actually want to crack nuts with it. This is more decorative, I think.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And did you finish up your keyboard completely? It, it looked like you were virtually done uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, it's finished.
4: I've been using it for well, a couple weeks full-time now.
0: Very cool, very cool. Have you seen any uh, like um, cracks in the armor since it's been done, or does it still work exactly like you thought?
4: Uh, just my personal use of it. I keep forgetting what the cording keys are, so... It's a 40% keyboard which means it's got 40% of the normal amount of keys which means most keys are duplicate function. So you press your thumb on one key on the left or your thumb on one key on the right and that turns on or off the top row being letters or numbers or your arrow keys are in the middle of the keyboard. Kind of like if you tried to use a number pad using a function key on a laptop.
0: Right, right, yeah. I was going to say, kind of like function keys on the laptops, how F5 might also be to turn on Wi-Fi on and off, but instead, you're actually re- remapping sets of keys. So, this plus this might turn on control, while this plus that might turn on shift, while this plus that might, yeah, turn um, uh, letters into numbers. Exactly. Very cool, very cool. Um, I will not lie, I'm now completely obsessed with uh, trying to print a Voltron, but I do want to get back to trying to print one of those keyboards. Um, I do think that that will be the best solution for me to get those higher-end, quieter mechanical keys for podcasting. So I'm going to entertain that idea. The only question is when.
4: Yeah, once you start looking at it, if you look at the links from the past show notes on the keyboard stuff, there's a million things out there, and you can pretty much pick what you want to do. They're all equally easy. I don't think it would be a terrible thing to plug that together. You just need a couple of hours of soldering and, you know, printing things out if you want to print your case or you want to print keys.
0: Damn it! I just noticed I completely skipped Aaron. Aaron, did you do any building, breaking, or learning this week? And it isn't that he just mentioned the soldering iron. I thought of you. I swear.
5: Yeah, no, no, it's quite all right. I figured I was just being put down the list. It's all good. Um, I figured you'd eventually get to me. Um, No, I, well, I guess I've been, I'm printing uh, Liam's uh, new container um, filament uh, holder, sealed filament holder right now. I'm printing the brackets to put some uh, 608 bearings in and some uh, pen tubes doing that right now picked up uh the containers at a local store for 6.99 so uh that was good um and i'm getting ready uh to do two or three projects um that we can talk about we can talk about a couple of them tonight that uh liam and i have been talking about and we've been talking in the chat and uh you know of course uh the keyboard is on my list of many things to print as well so other than that, uh, I haven't broke anything. I haven't been having time to break anything, but I'm sure that'll come soon enough. Oh, yeah. Last thing you want to do is tempt fate. Yeah, here, knocking on wood, knocking on wood.
0: Very cool, very cool. Um, We're also joined this week by Josh Knucklehead Tech. I got to say, first off, this is a guy who I've been talking with uh, frequently. Now, I want to say, Josh, it's pushing nine years ever since the beginning of uh, Linux Basics. Um, I don't want to say I talked you into anything because I didn't talk you anything. We as a group heavily encourage you to go get the actual 3D printer. And it seems like you have uh, taken to this pretty uh, strongly.
6: Well, the 3D printing is something I wanted to do for a long time. Um, We took my son to the local open source conference years and years ago. And they had the RepRap back when, you know, RepRap was all there was besides extremely expensive printers. And uh, basically, he was printing with glue sticks. And I've been fascinated ever since, but I've also been broke and, you know, couldn't afford much. And then a little bit of money came up, and you guys wouldn't shut up about printers. And I was all getting excited, finally bought one. And, uh, yeah, I've already got – I bought one, bought a second one and I'm uh, probably going to get a third one as soon as I can, so I can just keep on printing and never stop.
0: Very cool. I, I got to ask you really quick, just so everyone knows, uh, what was the first printer you got, and what was your initial thoughts when you set it up and, and like, you did your first print?
6: Uh, the first one I got was a CR-10, and my first thought when I got it was it better be good I'm going to kill door because he recommended it. Um, it it should have only taken a few minutes to set it up, and I had my youngest son... Everything I do, I, I kind of try to make sure that my kids are involved. So he, he was helping me put it together. It took uh, probably a couple hours. You know, we talk about this, talk about that. Um, first thing we printed was just a test cube. I know we, we printed the Creality Cat, then a test cube. Um, nothing too terribly exciting. I'm, I really like to, to understand what I'm doing, um, print a couple things, figure it out, tweak this, figure it out. And then uh, he went straight to printing the, Thor's little hammer. With a pen in it. Uh, the Liam's been printing that too. That was my son, just saw that and had to have it.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. Um, knowing you, I will say your mentality for 3D printing is the appropriate one, which is you don't want to just click a button, walk away, come back, see a print, and say, okay, let me print something else. You want to understand all of the terms immediately. You definitely ramped up. I think pretty damn quick and the terminologies, a lot of the terminologies, and I think you've already gotten your printer well, uh, better tuned than my printer is right now. Um, roughly how many items would you say you printed? Cause you've only had the printer now. I want to say less than three weeks.
6: Oh, dude, I have no idea how many things I printed. I printed, uh, probably a couple dozen with, uh, almost that many failed prints in a little box. Um, I just got, the second printer I just got, the Ender 2, and I've already been packing that around my car back and forth to work, and I printed in a spare office at of work that we can tease everybody with it and make them want one.
0: Good man, good man. Yeah, that Ender 2, I definitely like the idea of it. I don't want to say it's pocket size, but it is so travel-sized. It's like, um, I want to say it's less than five pounds total.
6: Well, I'll put it like this. It's not very often a guy uses the word cute because, you know, you just don't feel manly when you say it. When I got that thing and I put it together, I just stepped back and I damn if that if that ain't cute i don't know what is
0: <laughs> yeah it, it is a great little device i will say that um i i do see myself wanting a second printer badly because i'm in the middle of a print and then i'm sitting there thinking you know i could print something else but i can't do it right now because this printer's printing and then you get into that well you know about a second i take care of that simply and easily um one thing i'm going to ask you to do though josh uh and i've asked everyone on the show to do this when you can when you print something that you find that you like give it to me and i'll make sure to share it to the um to the um instagram feed so people can follow that and see those pictures because an audio podcast on making you know those pictures help cement the deal so they so the listeners can see what what we're talking
6: about copy that
0: okay uh and i want to say formally thank you very much for coming on to this show josh will be coming on whenever josh has time to come on like everybody else in this universe he has a billion different things going on in a billion different directions and a billion different people wanting him to do a billion different things so when time permits he'll be on just like everybody else on this show when time permits you know we like to get together uh we're also joined by liam tidwell um Hey, Liam, uh, you've done more than a little bit of building. I don't recall really much breaking this week, but uh, you did some learning um, with the uh, Thor hammer thing. But I want to really focus on the building thing because one of the things you printed was called, I believe, the Skull Wars Sleeping Bag Skull. I
7: don't know what you're talking about, Door. No. <laughs> See, I, th- I thought you were going to talk about the uh, magnetic mat.
0: Oh, I'm getting we there, trust me, I'm getting there, but that damn, okay, Skull Wars can't use the name Skull Wars, so, you know, um, you can't use the name Star Wars, so the guy calls it Skull Wars instead of Star Wars, and the sleeping bag skull is the Tauntaun from Empire Strikes Back, you know, he cut him open and shoved the body in there so that Luke could sleep, so it's a, the sleeping bag skull, and this Thing is among... I mean, I knew people with talent could design really good-looking things, but when you printed this Tauntaun skull out, I was shocked at how damn good it looked.
7: I It, it sits next to me at the office, and yeah, every time I walk by it, it just it brings a grin to my face. I mean, it's huge. It's, it's larger than a basketball, and uh, it weighs maybe six-tenths of a pound. It just... oh uh, it, the thing is gorgeous, yeah. Um, I, I'm planning on getting some more of the files. They're from 3dkitbash.com. Tons of nice stuff over there.
2: And it makes a great cell phone holder.
7: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you, can, you can jam anything you want in those jaws, and it, it worked nice.
0: Um, and now, really quick, roughly, uh, what are the dimensions of this uh, skull that you printed out, and which printer did you use to print it out?
7: I use the FT5 because it's the one I trust the most for long prints. And uh, it gives me the best results being that it has a gantry and the bed doesn't move well other than in the Z. Um, All all told it was 53 and a quarter hours print time, which I honestly thought is going to be more than that. It's at 350% size. Uh, It barely fits on the bed rotated. So, The the bed is twelve by twelve, so somewhere in that range. I I haven't measured it.
0: That is awesome, dude. Uh, Okay, now I still want to stick on this topic a little more. Now, you're one of the things you want to do is you want to make like the the back plane of like wood, but of course you're gonna 3D print it, and you want to mount this to a wall like a hunting trophy. But one of the things you said was you wanted to mount it European style, if I'm not mistaken.
7: Yeah, I think that's what we decided. That's called with the help of Josh.
0: Okay, and what does European style mean now exactly? I'm not positive.
7: So basically it's just the skull mounted to the wood. Um I think typically the European mounts they'll do some felt covering like the the skull cap. No, that's that's when they don't do the skull. That's when they just do the antlers.
2: So European mount is generally they take all of the flesh off of it and just the skull. And horns and whatnot, and it's just mounted to wall or to a plate or whatever you want to mount it to
0: gotcha gotcha and, and I'll say it does come with a mild dis um disclaimer, which is it might look like you're worshiping a pagan god, maybe because it's a big skull with two big horns coming off of it, so you might want to like put like a lightsaber beneath it or something, so maybe somebody will get the uh Thing there um and i will say liam correct me if i'm wrong and i don't know if you want to mention this or not but eh, did i see correctly but you want to put this on etsy for other people to buy off you that is correct
7: yeah i'm currently uh setting up listings and everything and those should be ready hopefully mid next week sometime i've got a bunch of stuff i'm putting together i i still need to get some photos but i've already started with the flavor text and whatnot um so we'll see i Day one, it was sitting there. I had a guy walk in the shop, and we're we're talking about whatever he brought in, some broken computer. And he just stops mid-sentence. Says, is 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 that a Ponton skull? I said, Yes, yes, it is. He said, y- You made that? Yes, yes, I did. Can I buy it? Yes, yes, you can.
0: That's awesome. That is friggin' awesome. Um, okay. Um, w- w- we can get into your bed magnetic bed thing in 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 the main topic. I'll say, um, but that to me is a whole nother thing. Um. The building, breaking, learning I did this week was not a lot. Or in the last two weeks, the holiday week, most of the time people have more time. I have less time because door-to-door geek exists less hours because I'm um, Steve McLaughlin going over family members' house and eating turkey and watching everybody else eat delicious biscuits and mashed potatoes and stuff I can't eat. So I didn't do any of that. Um, but I did get a chance to print a couple more things. We talked about the. Um, Koala Brock blocks, I believe, uh, last week. They're like a different type of Lego puzzle piece put together. I printed them out. I was very, very impressed and shocked at how well those blocks fit together and how it just came off the bed really easy and worked really good. Um, the only other things I did print was I had uh, more than a couple of uh, failed prints. And what I learned I would love to have is a slicer. We're in the slicer, I could mark spots on the bed and have it stay persistent. So the whole time I'm using that slicer, I can know that this spot on that bed has a slight raise to it or has a slight dip to it. So I could see it when I'm slicing things so I know to actively avoid that spot. I don't see any way to do that. And I don't know of any slicer that can do that. Yeah, I don't know of any
2: slicer that does it, but I don't know why it'd be that hard. Like, I use Mach 3, um, and they have that ability to dysfunction an area or change Z-heights for an area in Mach 3. Like, you know, it's just built into it. You can do areas that are offset and stuff. I don't know why it'd be that hard. You could do, why you can't overlay. They couldn't do it with a image overlay on that or something.
1: Uh, on, if I remember right, it's Cura. There's people that add, you know, um, 3D models of their actual bed. So they know where they're putting it on the bed. If that is about what you're thinking is about, right? I mean, that should be something similar.
3: Honestly, with anything like that, just as a safety precaution, um, if I'm going to be hanging around printing to where I can adjust it on the fly, I just overextrude my first layer a bit. So it just makes up for any kind of inconsistency and then just print it normally.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And I will say, uh, Liam had almost a reverse physical workaround, which I'm not mistaken, Liam, you would mark those spots on the bed, pick the glass up and draw like a magic marker on the bottom of the bed, where those things were. So when you started to print, you could see if it was going to hit that spot and you knew that you might have issues.
7: No, the only thing I've ever drawn on my bed is, um, On the reverse, in reverse, I'll write F or R for front, back, whatever. Um, That way, when I'm putting the glass back on, I always have it in the same rotation because glass, as I've found out, isn't always perfectly flat. And if you rotate it, suddenly that bow that's accounted for in the leveling is in a different rotation, and now you got to re-level. I did also put grids on the bottom as well so that when I was leveling, I could always level to the same points on the bed
0: gotcha gotcha yeah i'm sorry i miss uh took what you said before
2: um so now Dor, <clears throat> this is a thing that you're using binder clips still right on your bed um you could be causing that bow because of the binder clips you know the glass if you were to four corner uh tape it down With like Liam's, uh, Liam uses that conductive or thermal transfer tape or whatever. That may help you out in that too. Because by using your binder clips, you're pressing that glass right to the aluminum bed, not allowing it to have its natural shape.
0: Well, I'll say on the corner where I'm experiencing the greatest area of mutation, I guess is what I'll say. And only because that's where the print have to be is the corner where knucklehead tech insisted. I take the damn clip off. I will say that. Um, and it's just, I don't want to say coincidence, but that is the corner where I just happened to put these, uh, prints before. So it wouldn't shock me if indeed I start heading towards other corners and I start seeing more anomalies like this. That does make sense. Um, I'm a little hesitant on tape just because, and I don't know, well, I don't know why, but I'm a little hesitant on the idea of tape because of heat, maybe.
1: There's, uh, the ones that I just posted on the on the chat are reusable uh, sticky dots by Scotch. And they they have no problem with any of the heat. They stick right to the glass, and if they ever get uh, unstick, you know, if they ever lose their stickiness, I just run water on them or whatever. And, uh, yeah, they're they work great. They're the best thing I ever got for my bed.
2: Very cool. Have you tried rotating your glass to see it's, if it's glass or if it's your leveling of the bed?
5: No, I have not tried to rotate anything yet. So walk around in a circle and see if that works.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, that's how you fix that. Exactly.
5: So Aaron does. It Works for me. Yeah, it works, so you know.
0: Very cool, Aaron. Uh, you have more than a couple links in the notes. Do you want to uh, go through some of them first
5: uh yeah sure i can um so my first link is uh just a project that uh liam and i have been talking about and i'm going to be starting here soon uh i believe liam found it it is a gentleman that printed um a lego uh, early Legos, 1971 go kart, but he did it at what was it? Ten times the size, I believe. Is that what it was, Liam? Ten times, thirty times? I had ten, fourteen, fifteen. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. And he, so he printed it in ABS for the reason because he wanted his uh, uh, his son to be able to fit in it um and he printed he was able to get all the pieces piece by piece and redesign them and get them as stls and then did troubleshoot i mean he just did everything intensively so he printed every single piece we're talking rubber tires out of um uh t uh no ninja flex and um he did all the connect connectors i mean the black press in um uh little legs and uh wheels um let's see what else um he did every single piece two size And watching on the video and then build this thing and it's huge and now I think he's his latest one he put a 3d or not a 3d but a Lego motor on it it looks like a Lego motor and uh, did a remote control on it and uh, of course that's a quite an entertaining video I mean he didn't glue it together it's just press fit and uh, it was pretty sweet uh, so anyhow, so what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm not going to worry about the ABS and printing it for some kid to sit in. Um, I'm just going to print it cause it's going to mount on a wall and be super cool. Yeah. Uh, this, thank you, th- Liam.
0: This thing to me is friggin' awesome. Um, I can see a kid going literally crazy if they saw this thing with their own eyes. Um i i there's no way i can tell people more you need to click on the link in the notes and you need to see this go-kart this is exactly what you think it looks like how it should look like and everything um i can only imagine the amount of time he put into this um unless he just found all the stls and just you know zoomed them up in size um if he actually did all the designing for all this stuff, uh, the, the 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 hours involved, I can only imagine. I can only imagine.
5: Yeah, Liam's saying 600-ish hours. Yeah, I, I can't remember. He, and it was like, I think he was saying the infill he did was 50% and... Oh shoot! What else was there? There was some else that he did as well. Just oh, he had to resize them. He did. He said it took a while because he had to resize and adjust stuff so it uh, fit just perfect, just like Legos would. And uh, so all the files should fit nice and snug, like a, like Lego pieces. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that this guy did, and it's an early the it's the early Lego go go kart uh the actual kit number is 1972 so that gives you an idea of how how from the beginning of Legos this was um he goes through it on the video it's just it's phenomenal it just blows my mind how cool it looks
7: yeah it's absolutely beautiful it's it's like oh back in the 90s and 80s when Gallagher would do his stage show and he'd ride out on this giant
5: adult-sized big wheel it's like that but lego Oh, yeah, it says 98 pieces, and it was from 1985.
0: That is absolutely awesome. Um, If there's ever a reason to have a second printer, I think we just said it. Uh, To do something (laughs) like this.
5: Yes, definitely, definitely. And uh, he also made sure – so the one thing when he redesigned them and resized them was he said he made sure to make them so they're all printed without support – and were able to fit on the print bed, almost everything fits on the print bed without uh, being split in half. There was a couple items, like um, uh, one of the axles had to be split and then re-glued and something else I can't remember. Yeah, it, but um, it uh, it was it, awesome. It uh, Hold- looks
0: like possibly on at least more than one of the axle. he actually put a... Uh, I don't want to say rebar, but he put a piece of steel through it.
5: Uh, yes. Uh, he, It was um, smooth rod, I believe is what it was. Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Wait, and I can't blame him for that. I can't blame him at all for doing something like that. Um, You also had another video you put in the notes?
5: Uh, yes. So the second one is... Uh, is was kind of right up your alley. I thought of you when I saw this. Um, this is from uh, uh, Joel Telling, 3D Printing Nerd, uh, recently posted a video about printing um, a 3D printed skateboard. And uh, so he print. So the the thing that's 3D printed is the the skateboard deck, and um, then he went and. Printed in, what, one, two, uh, four different sections and then had uh, rods put in to it uh, through the center for uh, sp- structural support and then went out to have, um, have his uh, so, uh, son, I think his 11, 12-year-old son, uh, go test it out. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty cool so so he took the trucks and the wheels and all that are actually from an actual skateboard and then he um bolted everything to the deck and went and tested it out it worked for a while until his son was uh demo testing it and uh you know flexed it up and down a couple times and it it stayed bent you know but uh it is really cool
0: yeah i'll say um he had his kid jump on the board. Uh he also had the uh, pieces of steel going through which I'm going to say say that's going to be a um a um common thing when you massively upscale things that are normally plastic or you put them in things like this. Um his kid literally had to jump. It wasn't like he was just standing on it and it bent. And if you're doing skateboarding for more like longboarding, you typically don't jump on it. So it could be possibly fully usable in this kind of thing just as a longboard, but um If you want to do a normal skateboard skateboard I don't know if the board could have been designed in a better method that could have given you enough support for a kid that size to jump on it maybe more metal rods or different type of metal rods might have helped but I don't see I I don't see it really being that durable
5: yeah no i was looking at that as well you know honestly i was uh thinking about the same thing you were i was like "Ooh, can i make a longboard and could it support or could we put some kind of insert in that's going to support it well enough to where you're going to get a little flex like you want out of a deck but still be uh, structural sound and um i don't know i'm going to look into it a little bit more because i'd like to design uh a longboard deck but for a little skateboard like this i think you could add some different types of tubing or, or i mean uh metal rods or you know different types of metal rods and maybe get some better support out of it i'm not sure so to do a longboard um i would replace
7: the smooth rods with some fiberglass i-beam um, and then just use the threaded rod to hold it together while whatever glue you use, hopefully uh, something nice and strong uh, resin-based kind of glue for the fiberglass while it all sets up. I mean, the only thing there is it's just going to have to be thick enough for the fiberglass I-beams, but those things are freaking strong.
5: Are they going to – so fiberglass I-beams, are they going to support that well enough? Yeah, you get a yeah. pair of those on there? Yeah.
7: Yeah, poltruded
5: fiberglass profiles, if you
3: were to want them. If you wanted to buy them, that's what you'd Google. Pultruded fiberglass profiles, but they're
5: gonna—they're gonna hold uh, it. Okay. Oh, right on. I'm okay. just thinking flimsy rods, so I'll have to definitely uh, look that up. Yeah. No, they, they make the the I-beam
7: style. Uh, we've used them for swords. They're nice because depending on which way you rotate it, you can get more or less flex out of it too, which you could use to your advantage on a longboard. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'm gonna nice. want to
5: make a carbon fiber longboard. Actually,
3: I think that would be cool.
5: Oh, you can uh, make one for me too. That'd be cool. Well,
3: once you make the mold, it gets a lot cheaper to make the rest. Um, I mean, I've thought about doing like uh, carbon skins on, uh, you know, like a birch plywood core or something like that.
5: So birch
3: isn't actually sustaining any of the stress. But, yeah, because, I mean, you need some kind of core because like solid carbon would be crazy expensive and really wouldn't be much stronger than one with just – Carbon skins, because it's the outside that bears all the weight. But, uh, yeah, I've been wanting to do that for a while. One of those projects that uh, I've kind of had in the back of my head for the um, But, yeah, who knows when I'll get around to it. But, I mean, I've got a, I've got a vacuum set up for vacuum bagging and resident fusion and stuff. It'd be cool to make a fiberglass longboard. I mean, a
5: carbon fiber longboard. Heck, yeah, that would be and i so my last item was i wasn't really this just happened to come up today um with my son brought home one of his friends to do some gaming today and uh they were talking about classes and one of the, uh his friends got uh, a computer class and they were talk i overheard them talking about hey what are you doing in the computer class and he was just like oh we're just typing i'm like what I'm like, that's all you've been doing. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, but we did start today on some 3d printing stuff. I go, you guys don't have a 3d printer. He goes, he goes, no, but we started using some programs to design stuff. And I go, was it called Tinkercad? And he goes, yep. I go, well, that's cool. I go find out from your teacher, if you can do any 3d printing and stuff like that. And maybe, um, you know, I can come and, uh, talk about it in your class or something like that. But he was saying that because they're a school, they can design the designs in Tinkercad and then they can have them printed and Tinkercad will print them for free and ship them to them. That's pretty awesome. Oh, that's cool. I've been talking to the uh,
3: local middle school here about doing a a 3D printing class and a laser cutting class for them. One of the teachers there is really into it. And has gotten a couple of companies to give him a few uh, free printers, so yeah, yeah. I think it's good to do that stuff whenever the opportunity presents itself.
5: Yeah, that that's uh, that's what I was thinking as well. And they are middle school; both of them are uh, sixth graders. So, yeah, I was kind of excited when I heard the whole three D printing thing, even if it is Tinkercad. But uh, they got to start somewhere, so that's a perfect uh, application for them.
3: Yeah, that's what they're using there, too, actually.
5: Um, Like, one thing I've noticed in schools
3: is it's either Tinkercad or Inventor that they choose to introduce kids to, which to me are, like, two of the more frustrating CAD platforms out there. I mean, in some ways they're simpler, but they're simpler just because they're kind of more limited. Like, I don't know. It just seems like they always pick the most kind of basic platforms which I mean I guess I see the logic because you know you're you know teaching kids and they don't know a lot about CAD but in my experience the simpler platforms like usually kids come up with ideas they want to do that those platforms just don't do and it's like those simpler ones just don't they kind of do a little bit of a disservice I mean if anybody's used Tinkercad it's so limited like you you know I just I don't understand like why they don't go to some of the slightly more intuitive and more advanced platforms right away. Because honestly, even though there's more features there to get lost in, they seem kind of a little bit easier. Like my son in middle school when he was learning um, CAD, they had him do inventor for this engineering class. And I taught him an inventor, you know, helped him out with his homework and stuff. No, you know, then I would showed him Fusion three hundred and sixty, and he picked it up like three times the speed he did Inventor, just because it's you know. Same with Tinkercad, it's just like the simpler, the ones that have less features theoretically would be simpler, but they seem like they're actually harder to learn because they're harder to do what you want
0: with. Um, I, I'll give you an easy answer why the school doesn't pick what you, an expert, would say is the right tool. There are non-experts making these uh, decisions. It's a government institution. I don't expect them to um, ask people what the correct thing should be. Instead, they have a salesman or somebody come in and tell them what it should be.
3: Yeah, or they just Google, like, basic
7: CAD. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: Yeah, you're you're totally
7: right. Definitely a disservice because then if you – decide you enjoy it and you want to go further, now you have to unlearn all the kludgy stuff you learned. Um, it, it's cool for maybe, maybe like a day class or something to see if a kid has some interest in it. But Yeah, like the first longer project than
3: that, to teach yeah. the concepts, Tinkercad or something's fine. Beyond that, it's useless.
2: Yeah, if you start yep. trying to teach them workflow in Tinkercad, stop and get them on something real. Cause yep, yep. It's good for the test to see if they've got any interest in it, but if you're going to decide to use it for workflow or speed up your process any or anything, you know, it's just not it's not capable enough.
3: Yeah, Fusion's free and it's just as intuitive if not more so than TinkerCAD, you know? It's free if you're making less than 100 grand a year, which you know, if your kid in middle school is making more than hundred grand a year on CAD software, then you know.
5: <laughs> I will talk to him. I'll get the job. it's also free. <laughs> yeah, it's also free. Uh, Educational wise, I believe so. Yeah, um, yeah. Students get a totally see... get a free license. Yeah, no, and so this and so to add to this, he was all uh, like, "I go." So this is the first day. He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "He goes." I already went through all the. Um, uh, what is it? The little training videos, you know, um, teaching videos. There's like six of them on, uh, teaching them. He goes, yeah, I already went through all of them. He goes, it just, he goes, now there's nothing else to do because it didn't, it didn't really show that much, as much as he wanted to see. And I'm like, oh yeah, duh. I'm like, where's the rest of it? You know. So he's already, his friends already like, you know, I want to see more.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of the thing. My, I mean, Tinkercad is a good option, I guess, in some ways, but it's kind of my thing. It's like kids, as soon as they start thinking of stuff to do, they go, they instantly go beyond those basic CAD platforms, you know? And teachers, I don't know what it is. Maybe they're like, oh, they're, you know, they're not smart enough to do this or learn this or whatever, but I think they sell them short, you know, because um, there's, I think it puts a lot of younger people off when they're learning, when the capability is so limited, that half the stuff they think of, they can't do, you know?
2: Well, it's that, and I think the teachers just don't know. Um, if you got a teacher that isn't very well versed in, you know, this type of software, they're going to go to the easy software and teach the kids that easy software. Well, most of the kids know more about computers than their teachers, so... I mean, I, I just—how much can you learn from somebody you know more of the ins and yeah, outs of computers? Yeah, that's
3: true, stuff? definitely. So well, yeah, and, all of you better go to your local middle school and uh, let them know you can teach them a thing or
5: two about CAD. Yeah, and that was the thing. I don't even know the teacher's skill level. It's uh, it's some lady. Uh, that teaches the class, so I'm going to have to look into uh, trying to get some more information on that and see if she has a printer or if she's just interested in 3D printing or what, what what it might be. You know.
2: Well, I think your best option there is just going to talk to the teacher and you know no, say. That's, hey, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I've been doing this for a while, and maybe I could help out. And I'm sure,
5: yeah, be most teachers are
2: going to jump on it. They're going to be really wanting that help.
7: No. maybe you heard of my podcast
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey actually i turned on uh the local middle school engineering teacher to this podcast um at an open house i took my my youngest daughter's in elementary school i took her to an open house in the middle school because she's going to be going in a middle school and um going through the classes and stuff and met with the engineering teacher and uh, i'm going to like buy him a couple rolls of filament because that's all i go through here and you know, school funding's crap. So he goes through, like, four rolls of filament in a year, and he has to pay for it out of his own pocket. So I was like, Yeah, hell, I'll buy him filament. But, uh, yeah, he was all about it. He wants me to, like, come in and stuff. And he's got all the enthusiasm. But, like, he was asking me about laser cutters and stuff, and he didn't even realize you'd have to vent a laser cutter to the outside, you know? It's like there's a lot of enthusiastic people that want to teach kids but they don't really know anything about it i mean their whole background is education not machining or laser cutting or 3d printing or whatnot you know and i was just like "Well, yeah i can help you out with a laser cutter but uh you know you're gonna have to vent it out and he's like oh really why well it you know burns holes through things oh yeah i guess you're right but Yeah, I mean, I strongly encourage anybody who has the time and the resources to help out whatever the local school systems out there, because there's a ton of enthusiasm, but not a lot of resources.
0: And I'm sure you're not going to buy that filament from Maker Geeks, is what I'm going to say. No,
3: I'll get uh, I'll get um, stuff off of Amazon most likely, or I might try to talk MSC and it give me a good deal on a big box of filament. Oh, talk to Zealtech man yeah i thought about going and trying to uh like talk to a few companies and see if i can just get some stuff donated for free but honestly when i think about the time it takes like for you know it's like if i can go on amazon and buy a roll of filament for you know 17 18 bucks or whatever versus the time it takes to like talk to a company and all that stuff i just assume go ahead and just pay for it just because i'm busy and i don't know Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to definitely uh, have my kid let me know when they start talking back to that kind of thing, and we'll see what happens around here. Um, Liam, you have a couple links in here about the uh, magnetic build plate service sheet thing, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we That's don't know. What is it? <laughs> I-, I saw the word sheet and just completely blew my mind. Do we need a beep in there or what?
7: <laughs> Holy sheet. So yeah, I've, I've been wanting to put together a removable build surface for a while now and try out some different build surfaces. Um, as you may or may not know, I despise both binder clips and hairspray. So uh, what I've come up with is sticky back magnetic sheet that you apply to your, your, uh, your heated bed. And then you take another piece and apply it to your build surface it glass Garolite, BuildTech, build tech, pei whatever and then uh you know magnets they do their thing and you have a easily removable and flexible build surface um we'll have links in there on the specific ones i used the uh the magnets are 12 inches wide so it's just a single sheet uh, this is revision two i'd used some letter sized magnet sheets and uh Having to piece those together, it's extremely hard to get the magnets to line up properly because uh, the way magnetic sheeting works, there's a pattern to the uh, polarization on them. And if you don't have things lined up just perfect between the build tack and the magnetic base, you're going to have spots where it's actually rippling the uh, the build surface. And uh, yeah. go ahead.
1: Um, I have a quick question. How do, have you tried it yet?
7: Yeah, no, it's, it's part of my production now. I've got two machines okay. running full time with it. Yeah, I was I was wondering how do, how does that handle the heat? Because I thought heat like distorts magnets. Yeah,
3: I was just thinking oh. heat demagnetizes stuff. But maybe yeah, it doesn't, I don't know. but I mean, no, God, no.
7: Oh, that's. So cool. I guess
3: probably a couple hundred degrees before it demagnetizes. I can't remember.
7: Well, I mean, to get to that kind of temperature, well, at least on steel, anyways. I mean, you're you're talking glowing red yeah
0: that's true okay now i uh, am correct me if I'm wrong you got the i'm gonna say inspiration to move forward on this from the new prusa uh um i3 printer where it came with a bed that you take off and you flex it you a- actually flex the bed and so prints essentially pop right off of it that was where you first got the idea for this now my question is is we have two links in the notes. One is to the printable surface. That's the part where it actually prints on. The other one is the magnetic part. So on my printer, I would take off my glass. Underneath the glass, I have the actual metal heated surface underneath that. Um, there would have to be something else I need. No?
7: No, that's it. Just uh, two magnets that you stick together that are appropriate size. You apply one to the, uh, the heated bed or bed. doesn't have to be heated. And then the sticky back of the one sticking to that magnet, you apply to your build surface. And actually, uh, the inspiration for this came from Amazon when I went to go look for build BuildTac. Um, I found, it said, hey, people buy this with this. And I thought, well, of course they do. That makes perfect sense. Let's give that a try. It was 30 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever it was, and uh, worth every penny. Because now I have multiple surface. So as soon as the print's done, I can just peel that off there. If I'm impatient, I can just give it a little flex and pop it off. If I'm not, I can set it aside, set the next one on and get printing. Um, Another side benefit of it being removable is the second you remove it off, it starts cooling down wicked fast because it's not trying to bleed out the heat from that metal heated bed that's still at temperature.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So the two things you're telling me: one, two links in the notes, but you need two magnets, one build service. That makes actually perfect sense. So, it, and it isn't and total together. I want to say maybe forty-ish dollars. Um, but two, you're telling me now the richest man in America's whatever algorithm actually gave a proper buying su- suggestion. That has to be like the first time in recorded history.
7: Oh no, it knows me very well. So. His, his algorithms is working
0: very cool so yeah uh, and i'm gonna tell you now it's too late for me to ask for this for christmas so i might have to buy it for myself for christmas um you have uh, more uh, links in your notes and this is something you shared at least with me today and i went completely childlike giddy when you sent this link would that be Prince of brick oh yeah 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 yeah, and i I immediately sent it to two co-workers then as soon as i came home i blackmailed my son i wouldn't show it to him until he was done doing his house chores well
7: why don't you uh why don't you clear everybody in on what it is then since you're so excited
0: well um the trademark copyright for legos expired now i want to say it's over a year ago um but everyone who had a 3D who has a 3D printer or who's thought about a 3 3D, 3D printer has at least entertained the idea of, well I can print my own Legos because we all love Legos. Well, at um, at, um, at a print a printabrick.org, what it looks like they have is essentially, and I hate using that word, every single possible Lego brick ever, made that you can download as an STL, but two, they have uh eleven thousand eight hundred and sixty-six complete sets. So uh, uh, build ideas. So you can go there and you can see all kinds of build ideas, whether it be country flags, robots, garages, I'm sure that go-kart, uh custom mini figurines. Uh, older complete sets of like helicopters or spaceships or backyard grills or living room sets kind of thing. This is the dream. What I'll say for people who have younger kids or who are completely enthused with Legos now, instead of spending hundreds or sometimes thousands of dollars buying lego sets because lego chat sets ain't cheap there ain't such thing as a cheap lego set it seems like so you can literally come here browse their selections and click bang download print now of course you're going to have to have a well-tuned printer is what i'm going to say but if you want to you can even go to the browse brick section and know yourself all the individual pieces that you want and you can one by one download them and build anything including Like that multi hundred dollar Death Star space station, maybe?
1: That's exactly what I was gonna ask. How long it would print how long a print would it be to do the Death Star?
7: Jeez, the The, days, weeks. The more I have a uh, 3D printer, the more I realize it's just a tool to make stuff you're nostalgic for, in a lot of senses. And this is definitely I'll agree with that. Tickling that that spot in your brain that says, Hey, you remember that, that toy you lost that that you chewed up and had to have removed from your colon when you were a little kid, you can build one,
0: right? Well, if you come Hot here, wheel. yeah, yeah. If you come here, do a search for Death Star under the kits. They have one. They have six of them. I'll say the one is four thousand twenty-three individual pieces.
1: Yeah, that sounds like the one that I remember.
0: Oh my! Yeah, goodness.
1: that one's that one's pretty uh, impressive. Uh, This website is insane.
0: This is, (laughs) this is, I now truly want to get fired from my job just to put it out there. I I really do. And Josh knucklehead tech, dude, you might've gotten a 3d printer at the precise time you were supposed to get a 3d printer. I'm just saying. Well, here's what that
7: site makes me want and uh, give me a legitimate, well, okay, not legitimate, but a better reason to get, is an SLA printer because a lot of those clear pieces, all those nice, pretty jeweled pieces, you get a resin printer and start popping those out. Oh man, that's just gonna be great.
5: Oh yeah. Yeah, That'll that be would be pretty good. Beautiful.
0: Wow. Yeah, and the resin printer, correct me wrong, that is the printer that almost does the inverse. Um I'm going to say it uses uh, ultraviolet light or something because it looks like it has the orange shielding around it. But the print essentially, i use using that word again, grows out of a pool of resin instead of being printed out of a roll of filament. Yep, yep. Oh, my goodness, Liam. And if you just searched... my... Sorry.
5: My bad. Uh, I was just saying, good thing uh, my work is uh, getting one uh, in 2018. Whoop, whoop.
2: Yeah, because and... you guys use the printer you have so much now.
5: Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's great did I for not storage. T- did I not tell you that? It's like I was talking to the guy, not to change the subject, but I was talking to the the guy that uh, him and I are the three D printing guys, and he's all like, "Yeah." He goes, uh, "I've been talking uh, for the budget for next year, and they're giving me they're giving me five thousand dollars." uh for a budget next year he goes i'm looking into an sla printer i go what i go we don't even use the one we have now he goes i know so we can get the resin printer for like four grand and then still have a ton left for you know whatever
0: yeah i'll i'll just put it this way i come into to pick uh, uh, i'm sorry print i click on the browse sets I type in star Wars. I hit enter and it's page one uh, is showing 20 items and there's over 10 pages worth of stuff. So there's over uh, 200 star Wars things you can print. And most of the things I'm seeing that are star Wars related are like sets of three or four mini figurines. Oh my goodness. This isn't, this is a drug. That's all I'm going to say. Now, this is like a narcotic. People have to be warned when they go there they might not leave that site.
1: Now, my question is if you print the uh Death Star in 150 200%, is it considered the new Death Star?
0: Oh, the planet killer. The thing? planet killer, I don't even know what it's called. The boom planet instead of a boom stick, I don't know. Wow, that is Oh, man, that site is a drug. Um, I got to go to the next one, but unfortunately the next one has an addictive quality too. Um, Liam, I believe was the original guy who found this one as well. Um on patreon uh patreon people don't know it oh wait we have a patreon too patreon.com slash the makers you can go there support us get instant access to our discord and our live uh tapings of the show um patreon is a place where uh independent creators can go or companies can go and they can get uh direct support from people and pledges from people to continue Creating essentially is what it is, which to me is the perfect place for a higher end designer to take their work to. And Liam found this. It's, uh, I'm going to guess, pronounced Jeff G E O F F R O, Jeffrey. I'm going to say Jeffrey uh, or Hex 3D, H E X 3D. And I became a Patreon of his. He has a couple different Patreon levels. Um, He makes incredible quality downloadable. Besides just ATLs, Liam can tell you the whole set of uh, files he'll let you download uh, to it. But also, most of them come with a uh, completely free license to where once you download it, you can print it, you can sell the items all day long. He, he does not care. He does stipulate very clearly, though, that the Empire might come after you because he has a lot of Star Wars things, which I'll say is definitely possible.
3: Yeah, I'll take the risk. Yeah,
7: he's got some great models, That's too. pretty freaking cool. Well, if he's doing Star a- Wars
2: things, he can't copyright them. He can't put a Creative Commons or anything on them. They're already they're already Creative commons. They're already they're already owned by somebody.
0: Right, and here's where the legal liability thing comes into play. He can't sell the STLs. He cannot sell the ability to print them. He kind of is, but he kind of isn't. You pay to be his Patreon. Once you are his Patreon, you get access to these things. Once you get access to these things, he cannot put a re um, re, um restriction on you. Uh, so it, I'm I am afraid he's going to be you know um prosecuted here sooner or later. Um,
7: hey, he's down under. Yeah, that's a real gray area.
0: And really, Disney doesn't
2: do oh they do and they don't get after people, but. They, they generally worth don't their while. go
3: after, like, real small-time right. guys. They like, make it worth their while. If you're making a bit of money and making a name for yourself in it, they're going to come after you. But they, they, they see real small-time guys just putting some STLs up or whatever is uh, free advertising. I, 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 I mean, there's you. tons of those stormtrooper helmets on Thingiverse and stuff like that. Yeah, but and there I mean,
0: are all- there are also more than a couple people making easily twenty thousand dollars a month on Patreon, and Hex3D does not show us the public how much he's making each month on Patreon. But hey, honestly, yeah, we
7: know that's it's true. Not that much. He's only got 75,
0: 77
7: patrons, and even if the highest level. Yeah, remember.
3: it's hard to say. We've got like 60-something people on Patreon and Singularity Computers, and we get, I think, $1,800 a month. So, um, you know, most people donate at the $5 level, and then we got one one guy who gives $800 a month. So he's a huge chunk of that. So it's really hard to tell from Patreon stuff. But, well, yeah. yeah, I don't think Disney's going to really care until he gets up into the tens of thousands of dollars a year kind of range.
0: Well, I'll say no matter what, now would be a good time to go to patreon.com slash Jeffrey, uh, G-E-O-F-F-R-O, and become his Patreon and download his things and keep him on your local network or something just in case because you never know. These are the kind of STLs that you are going to keep around and you are going to want to print sooner or later, even if you just micro size them as little knickknacks, or if you want to macro size them and literally print a Stormtrooper outfit, you'll have that ability to do it, is what I'll say. Uh, And I'm finding really, really, really talented creators on Patreon doing some things that If you go to Thingiverse or you go to Yegi, you might be able to find some of it, but you're not likely to find the level of detailed quality, the precision in the precise things going on in the designs that I see on some of these creators that I'm finding on Patreon. So I'll say to the listeners, if you guys know of a good Patreon out there doing really good designing and allowing you to then download those files uh, please shoot us an email at themakerspodnuts.com.
7: Well, I, the other thing with Patreon is these guys are doing due diligence on their files to make sure that they're, you know, manifold surfaces, that you, when you slice it, you're not going to have all these problems. Or if they do have those problems, you have a way to instantly get feedback to them to tell them, hey, this isn't slicing properly. Can you take a look at it? Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I need to go in and update that file. Boom, it's done. Plus, they're taking feedback on, okay, this project's done. What are we doing next?
0: Yes, yes. And I'll say this. There's no better way to capture the ear of somebody rather than giving them a dollar a month or $5 a month. They will be much more likely to do anything you ask of them because they know you're an active participant on it. Um, And we will occasionally bring other Patreon campaigns on here or other type of things that we see that we just think is cool because to be very honest, it, this is awesome. This is the kind of thing that I personally go out of my way to support. I don't watch TV. I don't watch movies. I don't go watch Thor's. I don't go watch Avengers. I might go watch The Incredibles 2 when it comes out, but um this is the kind of thing I happily give a buck a month to. Um it is, I mean, I buy more, more monsters in a day. I'm giving money to then this guy's Patreon. So this is nothing a, a buck a month is something I don't mind paying.
3: Yeah, definitely. And definitely like on Patreon, um, having been a donator and, uh, on the other side of it, if you co- I mean, if you're paying somebody, even just a buck a month and you comment on something like you have a problem slice in one of these guys files or whatever the way. Patreon works. Uh, creator will definitely see that message. Like unless they're huge and they get hundreds a day, they'll definitely see that message absolutely, and you
2: gotta remember you're not supporting that file, you're supporting that creator, the guy that spent that time making that file, you know and those those sdLs that he did they must took hours and hours and hours to do,
3: yeah,
0: absolutely. um, we have some links now here from Brett uh which ones do you want to go over first, man?
1: Um, the first one I want to look at is actually the um, the first one is the Pi Boy Zero. I'd like to uh, just kind of look at that. It's basically a uh, Game Boy Nano Micro with uh, an Arduino uh, with uh, with a screen and a uh, Pi Zero in it. What I really like about it is, um, and I. I like the screen size on it. It's tiny. You can put it in your pocket. Has all all the buttons that you want, and uh, I think it's a really good uh, iteration of the of the Raspberry Pi Zero stuff because you can still play, you know, the basic games. Of course, you know, um, the Super Nintendo, the uh, NES, Game Boys, and stuff like that. But I just think it's a interesting little little idea because it comes with a uh, 3D print uh, STL files as well. So I'll probably be printing one of those out in the next couple days and see if I can't get one of those up and running.
0: Really quick, it looks like there is maybe one custom board inside here. Yeah,
1: there's actually, I think, two of them. But what I want to do is I want to build uh, maybe not so much the custom board, but... Um, I want to build it and size it so I can maybe make my own stuff for it. I mean, granted I might do the custom board anyway, because it's, you know, if, if I can find the, the files and, and maybe even find the person to actually, cause he, he hasn't, or he or she hasn't posted any details on it for a while now. But, uh, yeah, if I can get the, the, uh, the actual stuff printed, the board, um, printed would be would be really nice but i think it's a an interesting little setup
0: yeah it definitely looks what i'll say is very clean looking um and most of the game boy games i'll say that ever existed and that level of game should run perfectly fine on a pi zero i am a fan of the idea of having it in my pocket kind of thing um i'm not sure when i'm looking at it uh how accessible it will be to get the boards still
1: yeah, that's what I was a little worried about. Um, the boards don't look like they're anywhere. I mean, I can get the files, but getting them made, I, I don't have a, a source for that.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. But it's a really good project. And I, w- and I will say Hackaday is one of those websites that uh, once you start clicking through, you'll see a lot of things that will catch your eye. And uh, most of them are pretty well documented, I'll say.
1: Yeah, a lot of them are uh, very just... Most everything on there is just very addictive and just you know oh I can do that oh I can do that, it's uh it's kind of like the Lego thing only yeah it's for other other ways of just thinking you can do things.
0: Very cool, very cool, and 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 it looks like some of the other parts are easily uh, gettable kind of thing at um, Adafruit, which Adafruit is the place where you go where you know you want higher quality. Parts and pieces.
1: Yeah, they're definitely not a a uh, cheap place to go, but they do have good parts.
0: Yeah, they're not cheap, and they're not cheap. They're both ways not cheap. Yeah, yeah. And then you have a uh, a um the second link in the notes. Second
1: link in the notes is uh, the Zelda. I think I've brought it up before, but now I actually have a place to to use it. Um, is the Guardian Sword from Breath of the Wild? It is. 3D printed in, I believe, six parts um, with translucent film. And it has um, NeoPixel, which, again, Adafruit is kind of the main place to get them, but to get good ones, but you can get them anywhere. Um, You can 3D print this whole, I think it's 39 inches long, and it'll light up. It'll have a built-in battery. You know, it's, you know, I think there's three actual parts are four actual parts. You have the string of lights, you have the uh, the controller, you have uh, uh, the battery, and you have the the charger. And everything's built into the case, or built into the sword. It's just, it's really nice. And and I finally have a place to actually put it, which is the game store that I'm hopefully going to be working with. And uh, it'll be it'll be a really nice wall decoration.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's a really nice way to put it. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Yeah, this thing is freaking gorgeous. And I did play the game, and when my son got that sword, he was absolutely giddy. So yeah, it it comes in four chunks, but eight pieces, one for each side of it. Uh, Yeah, that's it, yeah. So the good thing is, is you don't need a gigantic printer in order to print this thing. It it looks like a smaller printer would be just fine.
1: Yeah, I think they set it up for uh, 150 by 150 to be able to print like that. So it's actually set up to be almost any printer can do it. If I was looking at it right, I think so.
0: Very cool. Very cool indeed. Yeah, this is the kind of thing I'm slightly afraid to show my son, but then I'm sure when he sees the soldering and wires, he might get a little scared off initially. Uh, Yeah,
1: that's, that's, well, that's one of my, you know, I, I enjoy soldering, but it really is no not really that many parts so it it would be pretty easy
0: yeah 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 and and that's what i gathered when i looked at the video n- n- nothing required super fine little tiny soldering uh just i would say normal soldering um i'm looking for that project and this might be the one that i can show him that it is doable you can do it we can do it it isn't you know going to take one afternoon to do but it's going to take a little bit of time um So I'll definitely make sure when I get a hold of that uh, soldering iron to uh, try to do something like this or maybe a little bit smaller and just show him how, you know, we can do this and not burn the house down. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Especially with uh, the lights that it runs off of, they're 5-volt lights and you run them off, I believe, a uh, 3.7-volt or 4.2-volt battery. So it doesn't matter, you know. You can, yeah, it's really hard to burn something down with that battery, but I'm sure you can figure out a way
0: don't tempt me (laughs) okay um let me take a look here in the notes uh next we have oh uh, i do have a link in the notes too it will be there under brett's name for the scotch scotch re stickable dots uh if you want to stick with the glass bed and not use binder clips this to me looks a good alternative they will be in the notes and they are under his name
1: okay thanks thor
0: no problem. Uh after that we have some uh holiday stuff look like going on here from um from um Jonas uh which do you want to talk about first? Oh, we can
4: just take it in order with the furry christmas tree.
0: Okay, I'm trying to copy the link here. Um yeah, I will say um I do think holidays are one of the best times for makers in general. Um a you can make it, you can show it off and uh b It's the kind of thing that can get other people interested in um, the making. The first thing here, you were printing, but I believe you were printing in a wood filament? Yeah, this is the bamboo embedded or impregnated PLA from E3D Online. Gotcha, gotcha. And it looks like uh, a furry Christmas tree. I'm not sure how to describe this to the listener, except uh, it builds up an inverse cone shape, so like a Christmas tree. But instead of having solid mass coming off the tree, it's basically thousands upon thousands of like looping fine hairs going around. This to me is a very good design and definitely will catch people's eye.
1: I can see it uh, almost as like a rubber band Christmas tree. That's what it reminds me of.
4: Yeah. So the way it works, somebody a couple of years ago developed this idea of these loops. And basically what happens is if you can imagine your print head going up a certain number of layers and then printing in midair. Normally this happens not on purpose, but if you do it on purpose you get these loops. So if you draw a file that's just a bunch of fine points out in midair, and if you look at the STL files on the, uh, the Thingiverse preview pictures you'll see what I'm talking about. But basically it's like a bunch of rods sticking out horizontally from a center point. And what happens is when your printer goes out and tries to draw that rod it goes out and then comes back but there's nothing under the layer so it makes a loop and just drops down because it's still hot and it's it's continuously extruding along its entire path so it makes these loops and you just draw your stl in a certain pattern and
0: you get a tree that's really cool the stl to me reminds me of what like a fake tree would look like but because the stl can't show what's going to happen to the filament in printing in mid-air, it's actually causing the loop to come out. That's pretty ingenious. So
4: Right. they uh, The same way people make um, hair on their 3D models, you know, and, you know, you draw a head with hair, and you do the same kind of process, and it, it makes fur or whatever.
7: So I did one of these the other day, and let me give you a pointer here. Turn off your cooling. Uh, I have a fan that works extremely well on one side, And so my tree quickly broke loose from the bed, because on half the tree it was drooping, and on the other half they were still sticking straight out.
4: Yeah, you definitely don't want the fan cooling your your plastic as it's doing this, because you want a good droop.
0: So you printed a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. No, Charlie Brown would have burnt this
7: thing to the ground.
0: Yeah, I can't argue that. Yeah, And uh, you put some uh, lights on it too, which I think is pretty cool
4: yeah i had this old set of lights i actually got got out of a halloween bargain bin at one of the um stores like uh, cvs or walgreens or whatever so it's, you know labeled eight dollars for this set of lights it's, it's 25 lights on a string and it's super fine uh, magnet wire with leds kind of embedded along the the path and you just string it up like you would your christmas tree you, you know take the wire and run it in and out and in and out just like you do your own tree and it looks pretty realistic. There's a video there and a link and a picture.
7: Yeah that looked very nice Jonas. Um, they also have those lights at your Pier 1 and those stylus doors. My my wife every time she goes to Pier 1 or whatever the local variant is comes back with a string or three of those for whatever holiday season is going on. Like, I, There's probably 12 of them lit up right now in my house.
4: Yeah they come with a little control box you can do always on flashing or pulsing and um i'm sure people use them for wreaths and you know stuff it's just a little battery pack you can just hide it in your project and you got a and really neat little lighted thing
0: very 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 cool indeed uh yeah and i can picture this kind of design also being used for maybe like doing a uh holiday door wreath as well
1: yeah that would be that would be pretty cool i don't know how big you can make the wreath cuz i think you'd have to print it down or flat to make the to make the drooping look correct i think
4: yeah that would be an interesting project see if you can make you know a modular you know snap together in the back kind of thing which would be hidden by the loops
0: that'd be cool very cool so uh what else do you have in the uh notes here
4: so the next thing another thingiverse item is a nutcracker so if you know the um you know the wooden, probably lathe-made nutcrackers in the holiday time, where it looks like a little soldier. In you know they have arms and legs, and the in the middle of his mouth is actually a nutcracker. Um, somebody made this in I guess 2015. Looks pretty good. It's uh, I forget what you call that size, but um, it's not quite voxelized, but it's got a lot of flat edges. It's not perfectly smooth and round like a real nutcracker, which gives it kind of an interesting look.
1: Is it low poly, if, if I remember right?
4: That's what it is, low poly. Low polygrams, or polygons. Polygrams, haha.
0: <laughs> and uh, in the arm is the mechanism to uh, move the mouth up and down?
4: Yeah, the big arm goes in the middle, and that's where you crack the nuts. Gotcha, gotcha. I've got a picture of the parts that I've got so far. I haven't done the arms yet. But the arms are actually printed in two pieces um, cut at the elbow, and so the elbows are Reverse 90 degree angle or 45 degree angle so you can print them print one arm at a time Take them off the print bed, and then you turn them 90 degrees and glue them together
0: Very cool indeed. Yeah, this is the kind of thing. I can definitely see uh, people liking to print and then of course if you want to You could be like um, Aaron and print a gigantic one.
4: Yeah This one's kind of neat because it's it's a little bit modular So you've got the legs which are with the skirt which is supposed to be the kilt and then the body and then the head and the arms and the feet. And so you can print them all in different colored PLA and not really have to paint it except for if you want, you know, eyes and a mouth on the face itself. But there's a hat, you know, there's a hat with like a crown looking thing on it. If you had a two color printer, you could get pretty fancy with it.
5: Hey, that's a, Liam's.
7: They did a good job of finishing that. I mean, that looks like wood.
4: Yeah, it's pretty nice looking. And they they also did a lot of embellishment. You know, they put little belts, and I'm sure they got some, uh, you know, holiday ribbon gold to make little, you know, sash things, and they got little chains for his, you know, chest armor, or whatever that is that goes across there. And real hair. Yep, yeah, got to have the furry hair.
5: Very cool, very cool indeed.
0: Uh, do you have anything else?
4: Just one more thing I was working on. Um, I recently moved, and... Um, decided I needed a couple of shelves and tables and I found this uh, junction connector set and it's actually made I think to be like a one inch square connector so basically it takes uh, you take one inch by one inch square um, pieces of wood and plug them into these little corner pieces and you can pretty much make any type of shelf or table that you want with, with any number of levels just depending on what kind of connector you use and again, that's a, a Thingiverse thing link there. And I cut it down to be a uh, three-quarter inch. Um, here in the U.S., anybody knows that you know if you're doing construction, a one-inch-by-one-inch one board is not a one-inch-by-one-inch one board. It's a three-quarter-by-three-quarter. Three so um, I made it fit that. The guy that made this is uh, in Europe, and he had like 18 millimeters or something as the, the size, which is actually about a, an actual inch.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I, I can honestly see you because they give you a whole bunch of different types of joints, too. So I want to download all these joints, take a look at them. Um, this is almost the exact kind of idea I had for my lack tables. I have two lack tables standing on top of one another, and my youngest one twice now has bumped the top table. And of course, it slid off. And I kept thinking I could have some kind of thing going around the leg and then just coming out of the corner and having four of them on. So thus keeping it on top of the other table easily. This, if this isn't something that I can immediately use, it at least gives me an idea of how to design something properly in order to do it. I love this idea. Um, you can literally customize, especially like a kid's room. If your kid has video game systems, you can even put a little, like their clothes on shelves on these kind of things. Instead of having closed drawer um, dressers or a, um, a, uh, a, um, Amiibos or Legos or anything, you can have a really nice custom system set up to hold all their stuff. This is a really, really good find.
4: Yeah, it's kind of like making your own Ikea furniture. So you you print all of the connector pieces and whatever scrap wood you have laying around. You know, if you've got a a table saw, you can make all the square pieces, um, the square shafts to uh, connect everything together with. And then what you do is you cut planks with a 45 degree angle on every edge, and that sits on top, and that becomes your shelf plane. So you can do it probably any kind of wood. Um, I'm gonna make one, I've got a bunch of scrap oak stuff in the garage, so I'm gonna cut up a bunch of that stuff and see what I can do with it.
0: Very cool, and because you do it yourself, you don't need any um, Allen wrenches.
4: Exactly. These are actually printed with little um, holes in them, so I think the idea is you're meant to either screw them, screw the wood together through a hole so that when you slip the, the wood through the connector, it, to keep it from sliding out, you've got to tack it down with a screw or a little tiny nail. I was thinking actually just you know drilling it out and just sticking some dowel wood in there. And then again, if you use screws, it's completely, you, know, you can break it down and, and move it pretty easily when you decide you don't need that port anymore.
5: So, um, have you... You said you built one yet, yet, or...?
4: I've got a picture in the link of the parts I have. I've only got basically one level. I don't have all the pieces yet. I need to print, like, eight more connectors to make a full something.
5: Gotcha. I was just curious on how sturdy it is. Uh, It looks really, really cool. So, And I was thinking you could... uh, you know, make it your own filament rack. That would be pretty sweet.
4: Yeah. Any kind of shelving system. Um, it's pretty solid. Um, the uh, the connections are pretty tight. So, you know, it's the one that I, I scaled it down by 71% of the original, and it's exactly three-quarters of an inch, which exactly fits. If you went and got, through, you know, one-inch stock, it would be, you know, three-quarter-inch stock, and it would exactly fit in that dimension. And, again you know, scale it up or down to meet whatever
5: wood you got. That's awesome, man. Really good can, find.
4: You can also tack it, you know, it's got the holes, so you can tack it to be more solid if you want.
5: Yeah, I like
0: that a lot.
4: That's about it for my links.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Very good links as as um, as um uh, always. Um. Okay, two quick emails I want to say uh, we had. Uh, one of them was from Cogman. Uh, where he sent us a link to the video that we saw almost at the exact same time. So thank you very much, Cogman, for making sure that we saw it. And it's a link to um, 3Ders.org article uh, done on uh, November 29th about MIT engineers develop a 3D extrusion printer kind of thing that can print 10 times faster than the normal 3D printer. Now, as soon as I saw this, this was... Cool, but of course, nobody who has a 3D printer right now is going to be able to do this, and it did require a little bit of special hardware, if I read it correctly.
3: Yeah, I think they melted the filament with a laser to get that speed.
0: Well, it was that, and the filament was threaded so they could more accurately feed it through. Uh, And there was uh, something else going on with the bed, too, I believe. Uh, Yeah, this is the kind of thing we're... If everything goes perfect in three to five years, we'll be able to buy this kind of technology for hopefully less than a thousand dollars.
3: Yeah, something like that would hit industrial printers first and then maybe percolate down to guys yeah. like us.
0: Right. And I also got an email from a Christian uh a uh Patreon supporter and he said besides SCAD, which I did take a look at open SCAD, Josh also took a look at open SCAD. Josh definitely made more progress in open SCAD than myself. Uh, But he also said we have other choices out there. Uh, One he suggested is called FreeCAD, which to be honest, I can't say I saw. So I'm going to have to take a little time off and uh, see if I can uh, sit down with that one, learn a little bit.
3: Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. I'm going to have to check it out. Uh, That looks cool. But uh, yeah, SCAD's not particularly easy to use, so... Yeah, I want to check out anything Linux that's out there for CAD.
4: FreeCAD is kind of interesting. It kind of reminds me of the old, old Autodesk. Uh, it's very 90s looking. Um, but apparently, from what I've read, it does pretty much anything you could ever want to do CAD-wise.
3: Like the old Autodesk as far as like AutoCAD? Like the screen and command line, and you have to know all the commands kind of thing?
4: Um, no, it's definitely graphical. It's just... Super involved. I mean, you have to know where in the menu the thing is you want to do, get
6: to yeah, get done. Okay. You need.
3: Kind of like rhino is nowadays.
4: Well, think
6: of uh, FreeCAD as kind of a spreadsheet-driven almost. You have to have your spreadsheet behind. And OpenSCAD is very, very slim down uh, programming. I mean, it's not really programming. It's all very defined. You just got to be able to know what the primals are, put them where you want them. Um, And it's kind of, you have to decide which one you like better. I I like the OpenSCAD pretty good, it's very simple, it's just by the time you get done you're going to have a huge long of what looks like a script almost that's going to make up your model.
4: Yeah, the OpenSCAD I believe is a procedural generated CAD program basically. You are programming a mathematical formula for it to draw its objects and where they are on, on this display.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like uh, editing vector graphics in a non-GUI interface. Instead, you're typing out the formula for the line or for the circle. And in OpenSCAD, you're typing the formula, essentially variable plugging is the way I describe it, to put in the variables to create a cube, the hole in the cube, you know, the size of the cube, and the circle, the sphere, the straight line, the rectangle kind of thing. Uh, you have to, I don't want to say know all of them, but you have to at least have them handy to copy them in.
4: Correct, and you oh. can define your own functions and combine them different ways. And, you know, you save all the group of stuff you like to do and then combine it the way you like so you don't forget it all.
2: So OpenSCAD, to me, feels like old-school um, web development. Um, we have to define everything in script or... Is it really script or... but. It, it feels that way, gotcha gotcha.
0: Um, we also have another email from Cogman. Uh, I'm not the best email reader, so I'm gonna put this email in the notes. He's basically giving um, some tips out if you have an a net A8 problems. He is talking about getting ar getting arr Arduino or ramps set up from eBay for the A8. Uh, he uses the A. Four nine eight eight step sticks rather than the newer DRV 8825S's uh, to help with the uh, ANET A- A printer. Uh, so if you have an ANET printer or you're interested in getting an ANET printer, I encourage you to go to the notes, read this email, uh, see what he has to say. Cogman definitely has some experience on this is what I'm going to say.
7: I'm going to interject real quick too. If you have an ANET and you want to replace the board, um, I've got my... Rebuild of Marlin 116 for the A-Net running on an MKS 1.4. And if you're wanting to try that out, reach out. We'll get you the, the firmware package sent over.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Thank you very much, Liam. Um, Okay, uh, about an hour 40 here. Uh, I want to thank everyone for coming out. I want to thank everyone for their support. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash the makers for as little as a dollar a month. You can get direct access to our Discord, and you can watch the show live as it's being streamed. Uh, If you want to join the Discord, you can't afford the dollar, shoot me an email at mail at podnuts, and I'll hook you up. Uh, I want to thank everyone for coming out, and we will talk to everyone again in about a week.